early on, I discovered that, like many others, I knew what confidence looked like, but I didn't know what it really was. And so I had to step back to figure out what is it that we need to feel confident. And what I discovered was there were two distinct elements. And, and very often we, we think of it as a buy one, get one free, but they're really quite separate. One was a sense of predictability that we think we know what's coming, that we can imagine what's ahead. And the other piece is a sense of preparedness, that we are trained, we've rehearsed, we've practiced, and that we know that what's in what's coming, we're going to do okay. And so those are two separate elements. But if you think about when we're confident, it's because we feel that we have a sense of certainty in what's coming. And we know that in what's coming, we're going to be okay. Hello, and welcome to Signals by AlphaSense, where we hear thoughtful insights from business leaders, investors, and experts. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Signals by AlphaSense, and I'm your host, Nick Mazing. Our guest today is Peter Atwater, a former executive, now a consultant, adjunct professor of economics at the College of William and Mary in Virginia, which happens to be the second oldest educational institution, I should say second oldest higher education institution in the United States, and a book author. His first book, Moods and Markets, came out in 2012, and his new book, The Confidence Map, came out this year, and we'll have the links in the show notes. Peter and I had some back and forth when he was writing the book, and we did play a very minor role in it. We're looking at corporate transcript trends in the context of the overall theme of confidence. And for people who follow economics, Peter is the person who came up with the term K-shaped recovery following the COVID period to describe what was at the time very divergent recovery trends. If you remember, a lot of the COVID winners like Teladoc and Zoom and Peloton, et cetera, really did very well in that time period. And other companies at the time, like cruise lines or you know concert companies, were doing very poorly. So, Peter, welcome. And can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Thanks, Nick, for having me. And uh, yeah, so I have had two careers. I've had a very traditional financial services career that I did on Wall Street and then was a banking executive at different banks around the country. And then when I turned 45, my son said I was halfway to 90. And so I decided it was time to do something different. And what that different was, was beginning to look at market sentiment and then look at confidence more broadly. I'm fascinated by the connections between how we feel, what we think, how we think, and the stories we tell. So yes, you you became incredibly helpful to me in trying to convey how our stories change based on how we feel. So my first question is, why did you write the book? Because you're not kind of the typical book author, you know, you're a professional writer. Your prior book came out 10 years ago. So it looks like after every crisis, you know, there is a, there is a book. Why did you write the book? So I wrote the book because I teach a class on confidence and decision-making at William & Mary. And what I discovered was my students were finding it useful on a personal level, that the concepts that we were talking about, looking at geopolitical decisions or economic decisions, the framework was as relevant to their own lives as it is to the lives of us as a group. And so they encouraged me to write a book that brought 
the way we were talking in class to a broader audience. And one of the things that they and my publisher encouraged me to do was to make it actionable. This is not an academic book in the sense of something that goes through case research paper after research paper. This is really practical. This is about how do we behave every day and what are the consequences of that? So now let's talk about the book and like all good consultants who have a two by two matrix, which I think is very useful of realizing where we're at. And by we, I mean individually, professionally, as a company, if you're thinking about from a company perspective and as a society. So on the horizontal axis, you have certainty, high to low. And yeah, I mean, it's in quadrants, but it really is a continuum, which you make this pretty clear. And then on the vertical axis, you have control from low to high. And I think it's a very elegant way to literally map situations and time periods. So what can you tell us about the matrix? Yeah. So early on, I discovered that like many others, I knew what confidence looked like, but I didn't know what it really was. And so I had to step back to figure out what is it that we need to feel confident. And what I discovered was there were two distinct elements. And, and very often we, we think of it as a buy one, get one free, but they're really quite separate. One was a sense of predictability, that we think we know what's coming, that we can imagine what's ahead. And the other piece is a sense of preparedness, that we are, you know, we've trained, we've rehearsed, we've practiced, and that we know that what's in what's coming, we're going to do okay. And so those are two separate elements. But if you think about when we're confident, it's because we feel that we have a sense of certainty in what's coming. And we know that in what's coming, we're going to be okay. I really like the quadrant framework. It's like, you know, imagine the longevity of BCG's quadrants, right? With the cash cows and so on. I think it has that sort of potential. So let's talk about a couple of the quadrants just to give people a taste of what's in the book. So let's start with the lower left quadrant, low certainty and low control, which is what you, I would say, pretty accurately called the stress quadrant. And the simplest example, and I think it goes back to what you just said about it's not just corporate or societal, but also personal examples is imagine you're a, you know, a passenger on a rough flight. You're in your seat. You have no control. Maybe you're very scared, right? And that's kind of the type of stress, and, but with zero control, right? And a very broad example, you know, if you think about society as a whole, was March 2020, right? We had no idea what's going on at the time. Or most people had zero idea what's going on. And, you know, as a side note, you do have very good chronology of, of March 2020, but also the great financial crisis and the dot-com boom, which I think is uh, very useful to have those really big shocks to the system in, in everybody's framework. So what goes on in the stress quadrant? What should business leaders aim for when they're in that period? Yeah, so... When we are in the stress center, and the reasons why really don't matter, you know, to your point, whether it was the financial crisis, COVID, you know, you've broken a bone, you've been in a car accident, you know, the, the causes don't matter, but the feelings are very consistent. We feel powerless, we feel very uncertain. And so our response is to be more impatient. We're not especially nice to ourselves or others. And I uncovered that there are actually five very consistent responses to when we are deep in the stress center. Fight and flight get all the attention, 
But there are three others. And in fact, we're more likely to exhibit those than we are fight and flight because we have to have skills or resources to, to fight and to flee. The other three are to freeze. And that's a very common response. We are paralyzed by the experience. And you saw that with COVID. Another one is to follow. And this is actually our easiest response. If you think about when we have a pipe burst and we start calling plumbers, we will follow anybody who is receptive to our problem and displays a, a willingness to help us. And, and we're, we're really lousy at discriminating and discerning who it is we should follow. And so we're very prone to follow the wrong people. And one of the things you see is that in the stress center, it's an environment where there are lots of predators and you know it's the, it's the land of authoritarian leaders and cult figures. And so we, we need to be more careful. The last response, and I apologize, is, is the F response. And I, I like that term because it expresses the high emotion, the high impulsiveness. And what's so interesting is we are not fleeing or fighting. It's that we're staying and being disruptive. And maybe it's because I've been involved in enough corporate mergers over my career. But after a merger, you see all five of these. Some people run, you know, they leave the company, some are resist, some just are paralyzed. And then there are those that just sabotage the, the organization. And so these are behaviors that if you know that you're in the stress center, you can anticipate you're going to act that way and others in the stress center are going to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that definitely it was one could observe those during COVID, right? I mean, you can literally take each one of these and you can see prominent figures that were there. So the other quadrant that I wanted to touch on is the low certainty, but high control quadrant. And the, you know, you call it the launch pad. And this is a very typical entrepreneurial zone. So an entrepreneur certainly has a lot of control about what they do. Well, I'd say 100% control. But on the other hand, there is very little certainty, right? I mean, obviously, there's good advice, you know, don't start a company unless you already have clients lined up and so on, but that doesn't always happen that way. But also in the launch pad in that zone is where a lot of the growth happens. It's how we get out of the stress zone. Then there is, interestingly enough, there is also a investing angle to that. Generally, when you have a big drop high uncertainty in the market, then the Ford returns after that are usually pretty good, as we have seen, you know, in a number of, you know, after the dot-com boom, after the uh, 2008 crisis, and as we saw during COVID, so the recovery was pretty sharp after March 2020. So how should our listeners recognize that quadrant? What should they do? Yeah, so this is what I think of when I think of the hero's journey, that you're in the stress center and you are taking control. And we saw a lot of that with corporate leaders during COVID. They were slashing expenses and inventory and orders. They were doing everything they could to gain control amid uncertainty. And one of the things, and this is a real personality issue, entrepreneurs love that because when they think of uncertainty, they think of possibility. But most of us find the launch pad to be an uncomfortable environment. It's like being halfway up a cliff as a rock climber. You're not quite sure 
whether you're going to make it to safety or whether you're going to plunge to your, your fate. And so we need to realize that when we're in the launch pad, stories are really important because we're having to imagine the future. And one of the things we find is that our imagination of the future is completely a reflection of our confidence level. And it's not accurate. And so if we can assess objectively the stories we're telling ourselves, the story the media is telling us about what's to come, we have a very good feel for where we are. And you can resist that temptation to catastrophize when you're in the launch pad and you're worried that things are going to go poorly. And you can resist the want to to sort of fantasize about what might come. I teach a class on financial economics, basically finance for economics majors. And one of the things that we overlook with our financial decisions is they're all made in the launch pad. We're taking control, whether we're investing, lending, borrowing, and then we don't know what's going to happen. And the clearer we are, good and bad, about the outcome that we imagine, the more likely we are to be deluding ourselves. And so I, I think that stories are such a critical part of that quadrant. And you all do a wonderful job of showing what the stories are that corporate executives are telling in their, in their notes. And executives are a wonderful mirror of mood more broadly. Peter, thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much, Nick. Today we spoke with Peter Atwater, author of The Confidence Map. The book came out very recently and we'll have the links in the show notes. The book is a great roadmap for decision-making in uh, pretty much every situation. This was another episode of Signals by AlphaSense. My name is Nick Mazing. Thank you for watching or listening. Thank you for joining us. This was another episode of Signals by AlphaSense. Keep in mind that all views presented here are the views of the guests and hosts and do not represent the views of their employers or of AlphaSense. Nothing in this podcast constitutes investing, tax, legal, or medical advice. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and review and subscribe for more.